0: Well, hello everyone. It is uh, good to be here with you uh, today. I first want to thank all of you who are tuning in from so many different places. Uh, some are on their iPhones, their iPads, and uh, and also God still loves those who are Android users also. Uh, but it's neat to know that uh, even though we're not gathering in the building space, uh, no matter where we are, we can still come together around God's word and apply it to our lives and, and live in truth and in faith uh, among one another. And so we're still in our hope series. And so today uh, we're talking about hope for life, hope for life. And that hope uh, is an eternal hope. It's, it's a, an enduring hope, an unbreakable hope. It's hope uh, for life. And so if you truly want to flourish, if you want to live a life of peace, a good life, it can only happen when we put our hope in God and walk in his ways. When we put our hope in God and walk in his ways, a hope in God leads to a flourishing life, a peaceful life. And a good life, and so we hear a lot about the good life, uh, but we know that those of us who are in Christ, it's really uh, we can only live a good life when we find ourselves hidden in Christ. And so I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, there was this pilot, and of course he was flying over over a Pacific uh, single single engine plane, just flying over the Pacific, and all of a sudden he noticed uh, uh, what he thought was smoke coming up in the air, and so he thought, "Man, is someone doing a, a signal fire?" He circled around, and sure enough. Uh, he noticed that there was this guy uh, down on a beach who was uh, putting up the signal fire. And he was he was uh, had one of those long beards, uh, tattered clothes, and he was standing down there. And so uh, the pilot finally landed the plane, got landed well and, and walked up. And the guy was just so excited about uh, seeing him. He says, you know, man, I've been stranded here all alone uh, for 11 years. And I'd almost lost hope, almost lost hope. And so the pilot was like, "Well, man, well, that that's great. Um, you know, you can you can uh, pack up whatever you need to take, and we can get out of here. It, it's over." And so uh, the guy ran and grabbed a few things from uh, from one of his huts. And, and, and as the pilot stood there, he looked around and he noticed that there were actually three huts. And so he asked the guy, "Hey, hey, guy, what, what what's the deal with all three huts?" And so. And so the, the the guy who was stranded, the survivor, said this. He says, "Well, see, the first hut right there, you know that that's my home. That's where I live at. And then the second hut, uh, that's where that's where I go to church and I have uh, a great time of worship. And then the guy says, "Man, that's wonderful. But but what about the third hut? What's that for?" And then of course the guy looked over, and this time uh, he had a, a look of bitterness and a frown on his face, and he said, "Well, see, that's the th- that's the place where I used to go to church at." and so uh and so we see man, uh, just in this simple story that that committing uh, to church is difficult, especially in these times but but even even when we 're not in this time of of uh, of the pen, pen uh, pandemic and and with all this going on, church and committing to church can be can be very difficult, and we know that it 's difficult first of all because when we walk in the door, we create. Uh, that difficult because of who we are uh, you can like the preaching over here and and then you go to the other church and you're not really sure about the music there and and this church here you you they're really friendly and you love the people there and then you go to the other church and, and then the youth guy he's just just gets under your skin for some reason and so uh, we know uh, just that there are no perfect churches out there there are absolutely no perfect churches no perfect people and we know that because we're not perfect and and the only place that we can find perfection the only place that we can find hope is in the church. And so uh, while I attend a great church here, and I love College Hill Presbyterian Church, and, and our youth guy does not get under our skin, he's a great guy, uh, I, I love it here. The reality is, though, we are not a perfect place. And so if you're looking for a flawed church, they just don't exist. The only place where we can find true hope it's not in other people. It's not not in churches even, but it's it's in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to look at uh, a church, uh, the Church of Thessalonica, that we've been talking about uh, throughout our series. And 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 you heard uh, uh, as uh, as Pastor Drew preached uh, previously a couple of times about just the difficulties that they endured just as they started off and the persecution and things like that. And so uh, Thessalonica, however, became at this point in chapter four uh, a great church. I mean, it became a thriving church. Uh, where there were a lot of neat things going on, it was it was an exceptional church. Unlike uh, sort of the problem churches like in Laodicea and in Sardis, Eutychian the had become uh, what's known as an exemplary church. And so we know that they had been around about two years. It was a it was a church plant, and if you know me, you know I love church plants. And so uh, they were they were right around two years old. And so and so Paul was writing a letter to this this new church, uh, and and he was not writing necessarily to tell them they were doing a bunch wrong. In fact, he was saying that they were doing a very good job. And, and I know, uh, the stats of new churches, uh, that typically they say that, that year two and that year three, that those are critical years. If you, if you're good, you might make it past the 50 member barrier. And, and if you work hard, you might make it past that 100 member barrier. And we don't know where they were. But we know that they were at a critical stage, and it's critical because right at that three-year point, right about there is when you begin to wonder between two and three, uh, maybe the things that I've been doing that have been working, maybe I should just try something different. I don't know why that is. I remember going through that phase as a church planner. You get there, and, and there are a lot of good books about a lot of different ways to do things, and you begin to think, well, maybe maybe I should try it this way or that way, and perhaps there are people who come in who, who look and say, hey, Darrell, I like what you guys are doing, but I, I've got this new thing. This and so you begin to think about maybe maybe that's the point to change things. And so I imagine that they were at that point uh, when Paul began uh, to write this letter to them and encourage them. Uh, in their journey. And, and I know here at Cacho Presbyterian Church, uh, time is so different than it was uh, years ago. And so now I would imagine uh, after being new uh, at anything for even a few months, there begins to be a certain amount of anxiety and you, you sort of get this itch for doing something new. And I know our church has gone through a phase recently, not too long ago, in fact, uh, where it's almost been like a, a relaunching, where we've we've launched into some new things. We haven't really taken away anything uh, huge. I mean, we 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 know that the foundation of who we are. Is in Christ, and so none of that changes, and will ever change. But we've changed a lot about our style. We've added Alpha and things like that to to really ramp up and make things better. And sometimes it's easy to get in in that moment of change, and 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 to wonder maybe we should just do something different. Maybe we ought to turn another corner and go a different direction. So, man, I can imagine these guys at this church uh, were thinking that very thing—that this might be time to make a change in a different direction. But Paul wrote this letter to them, and he was basically saying this: "Hey guys, stay the course." Uh, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Don't forsake what you've learned and, and, and don't go after any new doctrines or new things that are out there just to try to take you off track. Uh, he warned them to be careful how they walked. And remember, he said, remember how we taught you how you ought to walk. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it means to continue in the way, to continue in that way that we should walk. And there'll be three things that we'll need to take note of as we look in this book of Thessalonica. We should look at how we walk. And and the first thing is that we should walk in holiness and honor. We should walk in love with one another. And we should also walk diligently, walk in holiness and honor. Number one, walk in love and walk diligently. Now, uh, when it comes to walking, I don't know about you, but I remember uh, what it was like seeing uh, my two year old learn how to walk. I, I don't know if you've had that experience or not. Uh, but it's an amazing time. And, and so so you have this toddler and and there's so much joy, so much excitement about uh, walking and you're anticipating with, with, with hope in your heart for those first steps. And all of a sudden they begin to take off and they begin to, to stumble and to fall. And, and boy, we don't look at that and say, man, you're done. Kid, you're done. Get you know, pack up and just go back to the nursery. No, we get them back up again, and we cheer them on. And they may stumble a little bit again, and, and fall a little bit again. But but that experience is just full of so much joy, and it's it's full of so much laughter. And I remember that so well. And I wonder if in our churches too often, if we if we can find ourselves getting in a state where, where we wonder, man, in those beginning stages when it might be just a little bit rough, is that the time to pack up uh, and get and, and just sort of get out here and do something totally different? uh stay the course a uh, walk well is what the bible tells us to do and so uh we're going to look at this passage here and we're going to look at what it means to to truly flourish in our lives to to live a good life of peace that good life that god wants us to live and to walk in his ways and so there is no peace there is no flourishing and no good life apart from god i need to say that again there is no peace no flourishing there is no good life apart from God. And so Paul here again is reminding them to to continue uh their walk, to stay in the course. So they began to impact the city with that love that they began to walk in in such a way that that all of Macedonia, all all of Greece began to to see and notice the good that was taking place because they loved one another so well, and that love left from just the building where they were, but it spread abroad. And so that's that's the kind of church I think we need to be. So let's take a a, cr- a quick look at the passage here and see uh, what Paul is saying here in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 to 12. I'm going to slow down a bit and try to read this, and uh, let's see what uh, the Word of God has for us as we do. Uh, Finally then in verse 4, Finally then, brothers, uh, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Uh, for you know that instructions, the instructions that we gave you through the Lord Jesus for, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles do who don't know God, that no one transgress against or wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is, a, is an avenger in all of this. And as we told you beforehand and solemnly warn you, Uh, For God has not called us to impurity, but holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but disregards God who gave his Holy Spirit. Uh, to you. And so the first thing there we see is right off the bat, that Paul is encouraging them to walk in holiness and honor, to walk in holiness and honor. We know that no matter how hard we may try, no matter how hard we may try to discipline ourselves, uh, the ways of the world somehow be, begin to creep in our lives. If we're not careful, we have to remind ourselves to walk in holiness and honor. And the only way that we can do that is when we hope and put our confidence in God. And so let's go on to verse nine. Now concerning brotherly love, he says, this is that part about walking in love. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Verse 10, for that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers uh, throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So you're already loving one another and loving and showing love throughout all of Macedonia, throughout all of Greece. But we urge you, brothers, is what he says, not to stop, but to do that all the more remember first Corinthians where Paul says that love never fails, that same thing still rings through here. Continue to not only walk in holiness and honor but to walk in love and then verse, 13, verse eleven where we talk about the diligence here he says and and brothers, we urge you to do this more and more and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands uh, and then verse, thir- verse twelve says this, so that you may properly." Uh, before so you may walk properly excuse me before outsiders and so I'll read that again since I bumbled through that uh, it says this and and aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one And so I love that that passage there because because I look at that and and I see where it says to aspire to live quietly. And I know that what that means for us in our context today is to to not walk around prideful, drawing attention to ourselves, but, but rather to walk quietly and to love quietly and to care for those who are disenfranchised in our society, to love them quietly and in humility. And and I love that where it says to mind your own affairs. In other words, man, mind your own business, mind your own business. And I read that, and and I know that it's not talking about this idea that we should isolate any more than what we have to because of COVID-19, that that we shouldn't isolate or pull ourselves away. That's not what it's talking about at all. But what it's saying is cease from gossiping if you're doing that, Uh, cut out talking about and pointing the finger at one another, but rather mind your own business, look at your own lives and take stock of where you are. And then the next part, he says, work with your hands as we instructed you work with your hands as we instructed you. And so uh, from history, we know that uh, looking at the, uh, the culture there was so common uh, for the Greeks of that day to uh, to despise manual labor. Uh, and so what they did was was they, they, they all the hard work. Anytime it took uh, work that required a breaking of sweat, uh, they pass it on to their servants to do. And so Paul's reminding them, the believers there in that church, that hard work is honorable. I know I used to have a saying that says, man, we don't, we don't work hard. We work smart. But I think as I read this passage and I studied over this this week, man, there's something to working hard. There's something to, to putting yourself hard working at something and and, and focusing with diligence that just says something about your level of commitment, your desire towards. And so, uh, so Paul is saying here to these guys, man, work hard. Don't, don't just be people who put off the hard work to to those who who serve us, but be servants yourselves. And so, he goes on to tell them that as a result of doing that, as a result of of, of loving well, and as a result of, of of minding their own business and not being those who point the finger and gossip, and as a result of working hard and being diligent, as an example of what it means to be those who follow after Christ, then what happens is that we begin to walk properly before. Outsiders. I think that's the whole focal point of what Paul's trying to get at here. Uh, the church that lives well, that does well, that that is flourishing, that that lives in peace, uh, that, that has a hopeful life is a church that walks properly before outsiders. As I look uh, and as I watch the news and as I look around in society today, we live in in dark times, as it were. I mean, these these are difficult times, tough times. And and it's often difficult to see our way and to know just what to do. But the key is to keep our eyes and our, our, our eyes focused ahead. Uh, the key to walking properly is all about what you're looking at. It's all about that focus. And I, I, I'm remindful of Hebrews, Hebrews, where it talks about fix your eyes upon Christ, fix your eyes on God so that you would ne- know how to walk. Uh, and so we, we challenge ourselves in this time to not be those people who put away hope and, and accept despair, but to keep our focus and, and to keep our attention and our hope uh, placed on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The whole Bible, uh, the message of the Bible, in fact, is is a message of hope. Uh, it, it's God. It's it's a message of God Himself, who who in love and in hope uh, humbled Himself and came to us in humanity. Who 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 looked to us and saw our desperate state after the fall of mankind in the garden and said man it's not over yet and so god and hope uh, that triune god who 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 lives in the form of god the father son the holy spirit he came down to earth and 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 came in the form of jesus who who fully and completely gave of himself uh, for humanity That's what hope is all about. That God who loved us, who who saw us where we were. And the Bible says that while we were yet sinners is when he came and died for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He who was perfect before humanity and who was still perfect came down and took on uh, our pain and our sorrow and our blemishes and our failures. And so today I want to encourage you and challenge you. Uh, to be people who, who live a flourishing life, live a life of peace and a life, uh, that's, that's full of diligence. And that only comes about when we put our hope and our confidence in God, the God who gives of himself completely, who gives of himself graciously. And that's just a part of his nature.
1: Uh,
0: and so the way that we see and experience grace today is in, is in the, is in the the person Jesus Christ. The way that we see and experience hope today, man, that's in the, that's in the person of Jesus Christ who, who gave himself uh, for us, and so uh, I want to encourage you to to not give up and to not despair in these tough times to have a hope uh, for your life, a uh, hope that 's rooted and grounded in God and, and grounded in that and the person of Jesus Christ who came for us to walk in his ways. And we can't do it by ourselves. I know how easy it is to try to lean on our own strength and to, to, to lean into and put our confidence and our hope in others, our, our hope and confidence in our government and our confidence in the news stations and, and, and our, our hope and confidence in our friends and our, our coworkers. But, but our real hope, if it's going to be hope that lasts, hope that endures has to be that hope, uh, that finds its way. Uh, and focus in, in the lord and so bow your heads with me as i close us out here. And God I thank you uh that we don't have to uh, walk about in this earth uh directionless that we can uh that we can look to you the author and the finisher of our faith that we can look to you uh the one who who came into this hopeless world and who brought hope. And so God we we look to you today and we thank you for uh, just your love and your grace and your mercy that you've shown to us even in this difficult time. God, may you continue to work in our in our hearts and our lives. Help us to, to not only uh, be people who 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 talk the talk, but we be may we be people who walk the walk. People who who love you and who 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 desire to live a flourishing life, a life full of peace, not just for ourselves, but to share that peace with others and and to live lives of diligence before you. And we thank you forevermore in Christ's name. Amen.